Well, welcome in everybody to another edition of the Remnant Leadership Podcast. I appreciate you joining us on this podcast because that means that you know that God has called you to be a part of the remnant. And that's huge. It's huge. The fact that you know that, that you're here for that, means the world. Let's get into that. Let's get into the Remnant Leadership Podcast today. If you haven't already, uh, click the follow, little checkbox, whatever that's on your podcast app uh, that enables you to follow this podcast. Please do that now. And if you don't mind, give us a five-star review on your app there. And really what I've learned, the greatest thing you can do is write us a review, even if it's just a couple of sentences. If it's been a blessing to you, if you'll do that, uh, Apple Podcasts and others, uh, Spotify and many others, will the algorithm will catch those that have five-star reviews and those that have have written reviews and will put them in front of people that they would normally not see it. And that's a blessing uh, to know that we can do that. So the title of this particular podcast, Remnant Leadership Podcast, is Operating in the Overflow of the Oil. Operating in the Overflow of the Oil. And I want to I want to just address uh, as leaders on this podcast. That means pastors. That means evangelists. That means fivefold ministry gifts. Wherever you fall there, but it also means leaders in the marketplace. Leaders uh, meaning leaders in your job, leaders in your school, leaders in your community, and then of course leaders in your own family. It's very very important that you see yourself as a leader because leaders have influence and. That influence uh, comes in many different ways. But, and you know, just because you have influence doesn't mean that you're a godly man or a godly woman. For there's many, many demonic influences in our world today. Uh, and I'm going to say this that there are some religious influencers that have positioned themselves and jockeyed themselves, uh, got them in a, themselves in a place for promotion, for glory, for. Um, a paycheck, quite frankly, uh, for attention. Um, just many, many different reasons why someone would, you know, what the Bible calls a hireling versus a shepherd and basically someone who is in an occupation versus a calling. But this is the remnant leadership, I guess. So I know that's not you, and I know that's not your desire. Um, but I want to speak some things that's pretty bold right now because I know that there has been abuse in the body of Christ. I know there's been abuse in leadership. I know that there has been pastors and leaders and um, directors of ministries that have taken advantage of people that have, um, you know, they have put themselves in places to where they've made themselves their own kingdom. That's not ever been my desire, and that's certainly not my desire to teach that today. But I do believe that we've lost something when we, when we lose the concept of honor. We have lost what honor will do. Honor does have rewards that comes with it. You know, just off the top of my head, it's not in my notes, but just little things like when Jesus said, you know, you just simply give a cup of water, a drink of water to a prophet in the name of a prophet. That means you recognize the authority of that man of God and you give them that to bless the prophet. The Bible says you shall receive a prophet's reward. Well, I understand that what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. I know that you can give a drink of water to anyone, 
and God will bless you because of that. But there's no doubt that he is telling us that when you honor someone and you're correctly positioned there with that man or woman in your life, spiritual father, spiritual mother, that you will reap not only the blessings that you would from the law of sowing reaping, sowing and reaping, but there's another level of a blessing that can come when you are per- correctly positioned uh, in your place of authority and the recognition of the place of authority that God has you operating in. So a couple of things I want to confess over you right now. I want to speak over your life, and I'm going to challenge you to speak these over your own life. I want you to say something, and you know I'm not there in the room with you or on the walking through the neighborhood with you or jogging with you or at the gym with you or driving down the road with you right now, wherever you're listening to this podcast. But I got a feeling that I'm going to, that you're going to do this. I got a feeling that you're going to make that commitment, not because I asked you to do it, but because when you hear what I'm going to ask you to speak over your life, I think that's where you're at. And sometimes you just need somebody to sort of light a fire under you and just say, this is what we need to do. So I want you to say this with me. I have decided that this is the time to take ownership of this moment. Okay? I'm going to say it again. I have decided that this is the time to take ownership of this moment. Ownership of this moment. Do you hear me? Ownership of this moment. This is not just any moment. This is not just any time. This is a time like none of us has ever known. There is. This is what the Bible calls the great falling away. You know, for... And, Here's the all of heaven rejoices over one sinner being saved, but you know we're looking at we're looking at ratios of I don't even know this is probably way on the low end, ten to one, uh, especially in our country. For every one believer that's coming into the kingdom, ten is leaving, and you know those are my numbers. But just from looking at a bunch of different surveys and all that, it's probably much higher than that of the ratio of leaving versus coming in the body. And I don't rejoice in that. Uh, I, re- I mean, I rejoice in the sinners that are being saved and coming to the body of Christ. I certainly don't take rejoice in those that are walking away from their faith. I think one of the reasons people are walking away and deconstructing and all this kind of stuff in their faith is because they did not take ownership of the moment. They did not realize that they had come to the kingdom for such a time as this. They have not taken stock of this moment. They have not taken stock of the commission, the mandate, and the privilege and the honor that God chose you to be alive at this moment, to be his voice, to be his hands and feet. Man, there are not many of those bold remnant voices left, and I'm thanking God that you're one of them. I also want to speak this over to you. Over you. I believe in the spirit realm there is a line being drawn in the sand, and it, this is not your <clears throat> preacher talk. I truly believe there's a line being drawn in the sand. And and you're going to have to make, if you haven't already been forced to it, you're, very soon you're going, to, you're going to hit a point where you're going to have to make a decision. Whose voice are you going to listen to? Which path are you going to take? Are you going to walk in the, in the, into the grips of fear, control, and turn over the control of your mind, turn over the control of your destiny, turn over the control of your family? Or are you going to stand up for biblical principles? I believe that God has given you a voice, but here's the thing you got to get in deep in your spirit. Your voice is my voice. My voice is your voice. And our voice is the voice of God. 
not meaning that we're God, not meaning that what we say is on the level of what God said in his word or what he says from his throne. I'm just saying that we are, and we've known this for a long time, but I don't think we've really ever taken ownership of it. We are the hands and feet of Christ. We are the voice of the kingdom on this earth. Jesus is not walking this earth in natural form, preaching. But he is preaching and reaching the world through us. So we know what we just came out of. We now know there's another virus that's uh, another wave of that virus, and there's another virus that's sweeping the world. There is the economic problems. At the time of this recording is record inflation, um, horrible supply chain issues around the world. The work ethic of the human beings in all countries is at the lowest it's ever been. People are lazy. They're entitled. Um, you know, it is, it, is a, it is a place that if you don't take stock of who you are and if you don't know who you are in God, you will become depressed. You will feel, it will feel hopeless. But when you take ownership of this moment and you realize, hey, there's something going on here that is bigger than inflation, that's bigger than um, a health emergency. There is a shaking going on. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about the shaking. Yet once more, there's a shaking coming. There's not only a shaking of earth, but also of heaven. <clears throat> that everything that can be shaken shall be shaken until that which cannot be shaken remains. Another way of saying it beyond shaking is sifting. Sifting. Some of you don't know what sifting is because you're too young to know what sifting is. But if you're my age or older, you know exactly what sifting is. You remember your mother or your grandmother making homemade biscuits or whatever and putting the flour in a sifter. She either shook it or she had a little crank on it. And all the fine flour would fall through the bottom of that sifter. And all of the hard pieces and all of the impurities would sit on top of that screen and it would sit, it would sift it out. And they'd just take that, that sifter over there and dump out the little pebbles and dump out the little hard places and then use that pure flour to bake and cook. Well, the kingdom of God is opposite of the way of the kings of the, 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 the ways of the world. So in the ways of the world, the valuable part was the mass, the sifting, the, the mass purity that fell to the bottom uh, and was used to bake and cook and all of that, and the top was thrown away. Well, the kingdom of God is right opposite. When the sifting happens, the remnant, the small pieces in the remnants that are left after all the cookie cutters fall through is the remnant. And God's going to do something with the things that other people used to throw away. He's going to see the value, and he's going to use the remnant. You didn't allow yourself to fall through the cracks. You didn't allow yourself to just line up and uh, and take the marching orders of all the rest of the flower that fell through. You 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 were different. You were you were a little harder. You were a little um, a little more um, crass. You was a little bit more. Uh, you just didn't fit in. And you was left at the top. And God said, "You know, I can use them." See, when you stand up for purity, when you stand up for holiness now, you are remnant to begin with. We have a world that has lost their mind. Uh, you know, they, they want to declare 
a health emergency, a health emergency, y'all, a health emergency so that they can restore abortion rights. It's a health emergency that they can't take the life of an unborn child. That's ridiculous. A health emergency? You know, you can try to pass a law all you want to to give you the right to, to take that child, but it's not a health emergency. But yet, if you speak up against that, if you speak up for the cause of, of Christ and the cause of life, you are labeled the bigot. You are labeled as hate speech. You are being banned. Well, are you going to do it? Are you still going to do it? Are you still going to be a voice? Are you going to be an echo? So all of this is happening as I'm starting to come down off this mountain here. I'm getting to what the title of this message is, is the, is the operating in the overflow of oil, is this. We have a dead, dried up, doubly plucked up from the roots, weak anemic church, quite frankly. The American church is one of the weakest churches in the world. The European church, of course, is the weakest church in the world. But you go to third world countries, you see God thriving. They, I mean, God is doing miracles all around the world. It's just in the, in the nations that are blessed and have the privileges that we do that we are seeing people deconstruct their faith and you know decide they don't need all that, even though they were raised in church. They're just they're spoiled. But all of the goal of all of this, everything we just went through for the last two and a half years, everything we're about to go through, which you better know that I'm predicting it right now, on some levels will be worse than what we saw before. They're not going to voluntarily give up their their control over you and give you your freedom voluntarily. It's just not going to happen. That being said, it is ultimately to divide us. It is to bring chaos. It is to bring struggle. It is to bring division. But I want to read one scripture to you, and then I'm going to break some things down to you of where I believe that if you'll allow yourself to take ownership of this moment, and as a leader, if you'll allow yourself and humble yourself and submit yourself to and position yourself, what I'm about to tell you, no matter what happens, no matter what is coming, you will operate in the overflow of God's favor. And you will help other people do that as well. God will use you on another level, leader, that you even couldn't even imagine. Early on in your ministry, I got another podcast called The Big Picture Podcast. And at the time of this, the week that this podcast is coming out, it's the Big Picture Podcast is talking about God has taken us full circle. I believe God is taking us full circle. He's taking us back to the to the book of Acts. Now, you remember that the book of Acts, Jesus told several hundred minimum. When you factor in women and children, it could have been in the thousands, that many, many people, certainly hundreds of people, 500 men plus women and children, heard the command, go to Jerusalem and don't leave Jerusalem till you, till you shall receive the promise of the Father. So they went to Jerusalem, and basically in roughly a week's time, from minimum of 500, probably close to over 1,000, got down to 120. The Bible says there was 120 in the upper room of Acts chapter 2. And the Bible says that they were in one mind and one accord. And suddenly, suddenly, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them. 
And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. That happened in Acts chapter 2. It was a suddenly move. I believe we're about to see a suddenly move. Some of you just need to say that right now. A suddenly move is about to come in my life. Say it. A suddenly move is about to come into my ministry. Some of you have been believing God for things in your ministry for decades that you're about to see suddenly. Here's how it happens. It's the same way it happened in Acts chapter 2. It's the way it always has happened. This is the formula of the suddenly movement of being blessed by God suddenly with his glory. The psalmist knew it long before the New Testament even existed, long before the early church was even established in Acts chapter 2. One of the most profound chapters in all of the Word of God has only three verses. Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That word unity is defined and is also uh, actually spelled out in certain translations with the definition that makes more sense to us instead of just unity. When we think of unity, when it comes to music, we think of unison. We think of people singing, several people singing the same chord in unison. But that word actually is not just unison or even unity. It's harmony. Harmony. You realize you can have totally different keys on a piano. You can sing totally different keys. But if they're the right keys matched up with the other right keys, even though they're totally separate keys, they come together and make something so beautiful called harmony. I'm telling you, there are people from all walks of life that are coming together in harmony. And it says that when that happens, it's good and it's pleasant. And it don't just say that they go to church together, they dwell together. They do life together. How beautiful it is when the brethren of all races, of all nationalities, do life together in harmony. Now watch what happens. He says, here's what it's like. Verse 2, it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, there, say it, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life evermore. Man, there's a lot of stuff to unpack right there. First of all, you don't get to any of it without unity and harmony. But when you finally get to unity and harmony and you take stock of the moment and take ownership of the moment, you begin to be in a place where the oil is flowing. Now, you as a fivefold ministry leader, some of you are pastors of churches, leaders of ministries, established ministries. You are the set man, the fivefold ministry gift in that set, in that set ministry. We all know who the head of the body of Christ is. It's Jesus Christ. But then there is, a, there is a head of a ministry and a vision of whatever ministry and vision that we're in. Well, the pastor, if he is truly a pastor and not just an employee, has been set by God into that local congregation, and he is the head of that house, meaning he receives the vision from God. But not only does he receive the vision from God, he has the oil of that house poured on him. I want you to get this and stay with me before you get mad at me. The one that's the fivefold ministry gift in that house has the oil poured upon the head. Now, it doesn't just pour on the head. There is a pattern to honor and there's a pattern to overflow. 
and there's a pattern to uh, correctly being positioned. So the oil pulls on the head, and immediately, there's only so much oil that the head can, can absorb. The hair on the head can absorb. Some people don't even have hair, LOL. Um, and then it runs off of the head and down to the beard. The beard of the priest is the part that covers the mouth. It is the mouthpiece. It is, it is the, the part of the body that speaks and establishes and further establishes the will of the head. Every word that's spoken, all these words that I've spoken on this podcast, some of them I've thought about, most of them just come out because my brain in the natural has learned how to involuntarily speak so quick. The brain uh, sends the nerves, uh, you know, fires the nerves to cause the words to come on such a fast pace that it's almost like we didn't even really even think about what we're saying. But we can't say it without thinking about it. When your brain shuts down, you can't talk anymore. You might still be alive, but you can't talk anymore if your brain has been injured because it comes from the head. So the oil is on the head, and then the head gets soaked, and then the oil flows down to the beard. The beard is the leadership of a house. The head would be the fivefold gift that is set, the set man in that house, the set man in that ministry. And then the beard would be those that have been assigned to them, those that are the elders, the deacons, <clears throat> the servants, even the car parkers, the nursery workers, the children's ministry workers, and so forth. Those are the beard. Now, I believe most people that are on this podcast are either the head or the beard. You're either the head or the beard. But either way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're the head or the beard. All that matters is that you're correctly positioned to receive the oil. The oil does not come on the head of Aaron from Aaron. It is poured onto Aaron's head. So the oil is received by Aaron, the high priest, and then it runs down his beard, which is the leadership of the house. Now, it runs down the beard, and then it continues past the beard and it begins to soak the garments of the entire body. It says it runs down onto the edge of the garments. It doesn't just run down and barely touch the garment. It soaks the garments so much that it begins to drip off of the edges of the garments. So if everybody's correctly positioned, whether they are the set man, the head, whether they are part of the beard, the leadership, or whether they're a, part, a new part of the body that's just in the body, just doing whatever it can to be the body, which, by the way, that's the influence of your ministry. The, the garments <coughs> is the influence of your ministry. Then it begins to just overflow. I've said this before. You don't ever want to pray this kind of selfish prayer to God. God, meet my needs. God, you know what I need. Just meet my needs, God, and I'll praise you. No, that's one of the most selfish prayers you could ever pray because if you pray, for God to meet your needs, what your what God hears is, I don't God, I don't care about anybody else but myself. I don't care about my family. I don't care about nobody. I don't care about my coworkers. I don't care about my fellow people at church. Because if all you ever get is what you need, you have no overflow. And God says He wants your cup to run over. He wants the oil to run over you. Wherever you are on the body, God will honor your faithfulness and move you around the body. You may start out a part as the garment, and then you may, you may be put by God into the beard. 
and you serve faithfully with a humble heart in the beard, then God may <laughs> pluck one of those hairs of the beard out of that local body and then move upon you with the blessings of the house to be established as the head of another body, of another ministry. And they're all part of the corporate body of Christ. But then he goes on to say something that really is powerful, that when the body of Christ has taken ownership and has humbly found their place in the body, whether it is the head, whether it is the beard, whether it is part of the body that's covered by the garments, either way, if everybody's correctly positioned under the right head, everybody's getting the oil. Then what happens? Then the garments can't hold it either, and it begins to pour out, and it begins to cover everything. And when you walk in a room, you're so soaked in the oil that when you leave the room, there's remnants. There's that word again. There's remnants of the oil in your footprints. It was dripping off of you. There's oil everywhere. He goes on to further to say, here's how it really is, that when everybody's correctly positioned and flowing in the overflow of oil, the oil actually becomes like the dew of Hermon. Verse 3, descending upon the mountains of Zion, and, and it creates an environment for the commanded blessing. See, it starts with unity. Then it moves from unity to honor and position, correctly being positioned where you need to be for the overflow. Listen, if you're the beard, you're thankful that you're where you're supposed to be in the beard because you know you are positioned to receive the oil from the head. If you are part of the body and you're part of the garments, you're thankful at that point in your life. You're not you're not jealous because you realize ultimately what it's all about is the oil and what can happen with the oil flowing through you. So wherever you're at, if you're correctly positioned, you're in way, you're in the line of the overflow. And when that happens, and everybody does that, and everybody do, body does that, every church body, every ministry is correctly positioned and operating in the overflow, then the garments are soaked. The bodies, the bodies, the local churches can't hold the glory anymore, and it begins to come out from underneath the doors of the temple and begins to cover the mountains and cover the streets. And the Bible says in Joel chapter 2, the whole world will have the Holy Ghost poured out on it. Well, of course we know the former and the latter rain combined in one month refers to water. Refer, we think about water and the water of the Word, the water of the Holy Spirit. And yes, that is a correct analogy to think about water referring to the Holy Spirit. But the Bible also talks about the oil. If there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders and let them anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith and God will raise them up. Could it be that the former and the latter rain are not just raining water in the spirit realm, but they're raining oil, oil, oil in the last days? You know the concept of evaporation, precipitation, and condensation. Our rain, before it ever falls down on our grass and on our heads and fills up our lakes and all this, every single raindrop that falls from the clouds was first here on this earth. It was evaporated by the sun, turned into a gas. Evaporation went up to the clouds. The clouds and the system of firmament that God established creates condensation 
And when that condensation gets to a certain point, we receive precipitation. It's very amazing to me that all scientists agree that there's never any new water made. That all the water that we have, that we consume in the world, not only in the oceans, but that keeps us alive, is all the water that's ever existed. It's just recycled over and over and over again. So if that's the case, then the evaporation, precipitation, uh, um, evaporation, condensation, precipitation of the latter rain, understanding it's the Holy Spirit, could it be that it's oil that's going to rain on us? And the reason it's going to be so much oil and reservoir that could literally be turned into a gas, which is breath, which is invisible, but yet it goes to a place that it's invisible and somehow supernaturally it's turned into rain combined together in one month. Well, where's all that reservoir that's going to be evaporated? I believe it's going to be all over the world as the body comes together in unity, positions himself, positions themselves where the head is, where the beard is, where the garments is, because at that time, it's going to come out in such a point that that unity is going to create a mist. And that is what dew is. It is precipitation. And I believe with all my heart that that is what God has called us to do in this last moment. It's to take ownership of the moment. But more than take ownership of the moment, correctly position ourselves in the body if you're the head don't get the big head because if you're the head of a ministry that's a weighty position because if you're not correctly positioned you will answer for god before god because the beard that has connected itself to you the leadership they will dry up and they will burn out because they will not be able to receive the oil because you are not positioned correctly. So make sure you're positioned, leader. And if you're part of the beard, make sure you don't allow the enemy to come and shave you and pluck you out. Position yourself correctly because the garments need what you got from the head. And if you're in the garments and you're in the body, maybe you're just a thumb, what you think, I'm just no thumb, I'm just a finger, I'm an arm, I'm a leg don't matter get the oil because it's the body as the body walks together the head can't say to the shoulders i don't need you anymore the shoulders need the head the arm can't say to the leg you're useless no we all work together and as we walk it out and as we talk it out and as we lay hands upon the sick and as we go out and preach the gospel the earth is filled with the dew and the commanded blessing. And one last thing I want to tell you about the commanded blessing is this, is that that word commanded blessing means it will overtake you. You cannot avoid it because it's been commanded for you to be blessed. You are blessed. Say that with me right now. I am blessed. I am blessed. And we're going to close by saying it one more time. I take I take serious the call that's on my life and I take ownership of this moment. And the last thing I want you to say is this. God, no matter what, 
I will position myself to flow in the overflow and be an instrument of overflow of the oil and the remnant generation. Thank you for following us. Thank you for giving us a five-star review, writing us a review, and sharing this podcast. My name is Larry Raglan. This is the Remnant Leadership Podcast. We are grateful that you're with us. We are grateful that you have said yes in this moment. You are a leader and you are a remnant. See you next time.